Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. Um, so my background and my career for many, many, many years was working with young people and youth. Now it started out in church, in youth group and ministry. That were the real happy days of youth ministry and youth work. Then I went into working for organisations like um, Teen Challenge. Now that's around young people with issues with drug and alcohol. Then just for something different, I went into uh, working with uh, child protection, um, youth residential services, and then for something different again, I was working in a juvenile detention centre. And just for something else, I did a lot of work with schoolie celebrations on the Gold Coast and around Australia. Now, at different stages of our lives, we'll find that God will give us verses that will comfort us and bear us up at times of challenge. Because, you know, when I say youth work, that's a very loose term sometimes. It was more like survival of the fittest. Um, and, but I had a verse that God gave me for when things got tough. Um, should I share a story? Do you really want to hear a story? Right, okay. I've changed some of the names to protect the innocent. It's based on actual facts, actual events. I had this, um, this in a residential setting. I had a, uh, a friend of mine who was a youth worker. He was called Big Pete. And we had this little young guy, young man, that we were looking after, and his name was Charlie. Charlie was very lively. Now, if you ever wanted him to do something, you'd work out a whole strategy about how we were going to communicate that how we were going to facilitate, how we were going to encourage Charlie to, you know, step up. Now, this one day we didn't quite get it right. And I can't remember what it was exactly we wanted Charlie to do, but he looked at us. We were in the house and he said, started trotting down the long hallway towards his uh, bedroom, saying, well, I've got something for you fellas. Now, we came back out of the bedroom door holding an axe. <laughs> now, I'm thinking, okay, fight or flight? That's the first split second. Okay, it's definitely flight. But I'm thinking, it's cool. I've got Big Pete. Now, he's a big, big fella. I'll get behind him and, sweet, he can look after himself. But the other thing that comes with being big is that with just one palm, you can push a John Riggs to the side and to the ground as you exit the front door as quick as you can. But, you know, happy days. We all survived to play another day. But if we can just put up that first scripture, I'd just like to read. This is a scripture that bared me up through times like that. If we go from verse, maybe verse uh, 23, might make it. Here we go. And then verse 24, it gets better. So, you know, whenever I had a real hard time, I knew God had my back. <laughs> but, of course, now, you know, we, we live in the new covenant, not the old, so I haven't seen too many bears of late. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it is, you know, God's word. I love God's word. I love God. That's who I am. I'm a guy who does my best to live my life honouring God. I love Jesus and to point others towards Jesus for salvation. And we all do that and encourage our children. I've got young children felt on encouraged to way, towards the ways of the Lord and you know we use the word and a friend of mine recently was telling me a story he's uh, about a five-year-old and he was 
talking about money and, you know, they, want, they wanted this and they wanted that and he wanted all these things and the father had to say, you know, we don't have all the money in the world. We can't always get everything we want and um, went along. And also, too, he was trying to point out to him, you know, money can't buy you happiness. And he said his son sort of looked at him as he's deep in thought and then looked up at him and said, Dad, I've never seen a sad guy on a jet ski. <laughs> but, you know, let's say we just love God's word and I'm going to share a little bit now from God's word and uh, hopefully just a word of encouragement for us that will, again, draw us closer to him, a revelation of his individual love for us and, again, for us going out, living our lives in his plans and purposes for us but glorifying him with all we do. We'll just pray for a moment. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you at this time, the gift of Jesus, this time of year, you know, we, we remember and celebrate that. And we just pray, Lord God, as we uh, spend some time around your word right now, that you will encourage us, your Holy Spirit will embolden and empower us, your love will be in a new revelation to us, Lord God, but our lives will continue to move forward in a way that glorifies you and stretches out our hands of your love towards others around us, Lord. We just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, so if you had a little title message, I'd say, uh, moving on up, nothing can stop me. Time to break free, nothing can stop me. A bit of homage to M people, for those who know who they are. All right. So today, I'm going to be sharing um, from the book of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is one of the most referenced books of the Old Testament. It's mostly referenced in the New Testament. Um, it's so rich in its prophetic word about Jesus that some Bible scholars refer to it as the fifth gospel. It's written in a way and so descriptive that it's as if it's telling a story of things that have already happened as opposed to a prophetic word of the Saviour Messiah coming for the Jewish people, you know, hundreds of years later after it was written. If you sort of divided the book up just quickly, I'll do a little bit of um, hermeneutics here. A quick little survey of the book, two main divisions, chapters 1 to 39. They're really about the old covenant, uh, God's people, the law and God's judgment on his people and on the nations that were against his people at that time. But as we come into the second part of that um, book, chapters 40 to 66, that's about God's grace, his comfort for all for the future coming Messiah, salvation for all, Jews and Gentiles. And if you ever have time to have a read through it, you can just see so clearly, you know, we have uh, the um, benefit of hindsight where we can look back and identify, you know, that pointing to the Messiah. But when you take in the context of when it was written, those hundreds of years beforehand, you know, it spells out the work of Jesus Christ, God's plan, God's perfect plan for salvation and freedom for each and every person. Um, so we're going to look at some verses. We'll start in um, chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. We've got those there. Matt, awesome. So, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So... Again, just a quick little look at the context of when that was written. So the former things, or they were also the current things. We look at the story of God's people. Um, a lot of backwards and forwards in regards to obedience, following God, following God's law, then times of falling away, led into captivity, restoration. It seemed like a cycle for them. 
at that time, the, the nation of Judah had Judah and Israel, northern and southern kingdoms. The people, again, were starting to turn their backs on God. The kings were doing evil in the uh, sight of the Lord. So they're former. They're going back to the old things. Isaiah's prophetic word, you know, forget the former things. I'm doing a new thing. During the uh, time, Isaiah was a prophet when they went into captivity. Again, you know, giving the warning, but also God's judgment. So the former things for them were pretty messed up and it was about that turning away from God and going back to human, going back to idol worship, going back to their own ways. And if you go back even further, of course, uh, as we, Josh, Reverend Josh shared uh, in the communion message, you know, Egypt, they were in captivity. They were migrated there for food and survival and then that led to eventual captivity but deliverance, mighty, mighty deliverance yeah. at the hand of God. Now, you know, I'd like to think, but I guess we'll never know because probably you can't go back there and replay it. Um, you've been delivered. You've had the pass of mighty miracles of things that God has done in Egypt yeah. to persuade Pharaoh to let the Israelis go, the Israelites go, to set them free. Yeah. You're led by a pillar of cloud, a presence, leading presence of God that you can physically see, wow. or a column of fire. Yeah. You're hungry. God's got it sorted. There's food every morning on the ground when you walk out. Wow. Mighty miracles. And then we come in the Red Sea. You know, but what do they do? In all that, we get a little freaked out because Moses has gone up the mountain. We haven't seen him for a few days, and there's all sorts of things going on up there. Oh, let's build ourselves a golden calf. That'll fix it. You know, and I just, sometimes, has anyone ever wondered about that? Go, how, could, how could you turn away so quickly, so easily, when you've got God's miraculous power leading and guiding you daily right in front of you, you know, every time they had to move on, and God's provision daily for them, and yet we're still so easily. But I guess it just shows they were so human in their humanity. And so if you're ever feeling discouraged about your own walk and your own struggles at times, just reflect back and go, well, I'm not the first one to mess it up. And as we said, God still sent Messiah for them. He still gave them deliverance. He still gave them a way out from the sin and the law, even regardless of you know, how much further can you turn your back on the Lord God Almighty. So for us, what a... Oh, so sorry, sorry. That was so. Yeah, the former things for them was very much turning their back on God and doing their own thing yeah. to idols and so forth. But as I said, there, you know, God says, "I'm doing a new thing." And again, prophetically speaking, there, as I was saying, that new thing is salvation through Jesus Christ, right. the Messiah, who will come, die for your sins, be resurrected, and give you that access to salvation through Him, access to the Father, yeah. and. Um, Although, again, you know, again, that wasn't nearby for them. They still had another period of captivity after that and it was still hundreds of years away from the Messiah coming. So, but it was still that. That was that eternal message written through the Old Testament pointing to the uh, New Testament that we have today and that revelation, the full revelation of Jesus coming as Saviour and Messiah for all people. Um, for us, at this time of year, sometimes we're a little bit more reflective. Sometimes, has anyone ever noticed that? Anyone ever do or has ever done or New Year's resolution? Or 
don't even have to call the New Year resolution. Just say it seems, you know, for us in our humanness, we like time frames. And sometimes the start of a new year is a good time to go, right, I'm putting the foot down, I'm drawing a line in the sand, I'm uh, building a wall, whatever it is. Has anyone ever done that besides me? <laughs> All right. Now, here you go. Let's be real honest here. Has anybody at the beginning of this year said, I'm going to do something and you still haven't quite done it? It's all right, you've still got two and a half days, so don't give up, be encouraged. But we do, you know, for us it's just a timely sort of thing, whether it's something in a physical sense or a spiritual sense, you know, we've still got time and it's just our humanity. But God is a God of the eternal. Time doesn't mean the same to him as it does to us. You know, that's our way of containing our worldview and managing our affairs. But, you know, take heart, God's blessings are new every day. Um, his forgiveness is every day of the year. Yeah. It's every day of every day of whatever's going to be a day. <laughs> so, you know, just, just be encouraged and don't give up. The new things are things that God, they're God promises, they're yeah. God's word. Right. So, if we want to move forward sometimes, we've all had things that we feel, if we're truly honest with ourselves, that, you know, we want to move on from. We want to grow into those new things that God has for us. Um, so that's, you know, we've got to embrace the new. We sometimes have to look at our attitudes, our actions and our thoughts and how we're going to do that. Um, so if we looked at that verse there again in Isaiah, one of the, I just want to look at a couple of uh, groupings of words there. Forget the former things. Now, easily to, easy to say, not so easy to do. Would anyone agree with that? Yeah. You know, hurts, fears, failings. There's some of the things we tend to uh, remember. I can forget plenty of things. Last Sunday, I met Augustino, lovely guy. Now, I get to see him again on Monday afternoon. And what do I call him? Octobo. <laughs> I, mean, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even get the right month. So I have no problem forgetting some things. But... Um, you know, you know, Paul in Romans 7 when he says, the things I don't want to do, I do, but the things I do want to do, I can't do. It's, it's like for me, the things I want to remember, I can't remember. You know, the things I want to forget, I can't forget. I don't understand. And, um, you know, it's a real challenge. And so there's certain things, I think, for all of us as humans that when we want to move forward, we want to do something new, we want to step out, that can be a hindrance or a challenge to doing that. So I'm just going to tell you a couple that I thought of and just see if you agree, see if they resonate with anybody else except for me. Um, sometimes our minds and our own perception of the past can be that, you know, oh, it was so good back then. It was a good thing. Why would you want to change? Why would we want to leave that behind? I remember one of my grandmas, she used to say, oh, I can't understand these people who say, give me the good old days. They weren't that good. I like having electricity and refrigerators and colour TVs and a car. They were great. But sometimes we can romanticise the past because what we do, we do. We pick out the best parts of it and we look at it and we hold it up as something off there. It's now far away in the distance, but we yearn for it. Yet in reality, it was a very small part of what was in the whole context of that period of our lives or whatever. But can, sometimes it can get a hold of us and we can just get mesmerised by just standing there and looking at how beautiful it was, which again takes our focus away from looking forward or looking to new things. Right. Um, something else we do... We feel safe with the familiarity. 
You know, we have a comfort in, hey, if I do this, I know this will happen. If I go there, I know this will be there. If I do that, I know where I'm going to be. And so we can get anchored down by holding on to the things that we know. And that can be good or bad, not necessarily, you know, the best for us. And again, they can grab a hold of us and keep us where we are and take away our ability just to continue stepping forward to look and reach out and strive for some of the new things and new things that God may even have for us. Um, and I think the third one I want to sort of bring up here is the fear of the unknown, yeah. the things we can't see. Yeah. We can um, let's have a look at it from the disciples' perspective. Imagine that. Try and put yourself in their shoes. Jesus on the cross. His final words: "It is finished." Wow. What is inherent is that is also a new thing is beginning. Yeah. See the new things. Um, in the Reverend Josh again, you know, referred to there, the Passover, changing from commemorating lamb's blood on the lintel of the doors to the resurrection power blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of the uh, perfect lamb, the perfect man who came and died for us. So the, the disciples, you know, how freaked out would they be? It doesn't say in any of the Gospels, so this is from the Gospel of John Rigby, but you can imagine in those days in between, they're together, but I'm, I'm sure there's some anxiety there. There's a little bit of, hey, I'm freaking out a bit. Um, and so the new had begun, but they hadn't had a full revelation yet. You know, they didn't fully get the whole time Jesus was with them trying to um, get them to understand what his work was. They still didn't quite get it. So they're there. Jesus is, as far as I can see, dead and in a tomb. Their hope for Messiah of what they imagined is gone. But it has begun. And so until three days later... When they see the risen Christ, you know, they've gone back to their own ways. Some of them are fishing again. Nothing wrong with fishing for any of you guys who are into fishing. Um, but they'd gone back to their old already. And so for us, you know, it takes faith. For us, we're not always going to see straight down the highway of life where the future is there and it's a beautiful picture just waiting for us to walk up to it and embrace it. You know, so there's, there's times like that we need to just... Go back to God's word and find those verses, find his word, because that's what Jesus was. The word become flesh, his truth. So Psalm 119, verse 105, you know, we can look at his word, which is a lamp unto my feet. So it lights down right in front of us so we can see our next step and a lamp unto my path. Hey, that's a little further along. It's still not like the full, the full view of what we're going to see. You know, paths do have bends and winds and the light only goes so far in the darkness at night. But it is there. We can trust that God will give us the light for us to keep moving forward in his plans and purposes and calling for us, whatever they may be individually and corporately, you know, as a body of believers. And at times when it's really hard, we just have to have that trust that, God, I know your thoughts for me and your love for me is always for good things. Right. You, know, you, you know, you're not the God of the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get the whatever. But Jeremiah 29, 11, 11, 11. Um, the plans I have for you, plans for good and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. And I think those are the things, some of those things that can, you know, if we can continue to dwell on God's word, Step back sometimes and be a bit self-reflective about looking back at what has happened to us, particularly, say, through some of those hurts and some of those failings and some of those disappointments. But here's the key thing 
about that verse in Jeremiah. As I said, I can't just forget things. Honest truth. I've, you know, I've had significant things in my life that I still remember and recall. But here we go. Now, forget the former things. So forget. Now, the Hebrew word, I'll spell it rather than pronounce it because I just don't speak Hebrew very well. It's Shaw, S-H-A-W, and then K-K-A-K-H. Now, the meaning of that is to mislay, to be oblivious of, from want of memory or attention. So forget there isn't just saying, hey, just forgive, forget and walk on and you'll be dandy. What it's saying is we actually give power to our memories if we choose to. We can be a little bit more oblivious to it, never going to ignore that it happened, that it was a reality, but also too it says from want of memory or attention. So as we work through things, and sometimes this can be a process, it can be an individual process, it can be with other people coming alongside us, it's always a process where the Holy Spirit's going to be working at us and with us through these challenges because we all know, you know, as I said, those things, particularly around where we've had significant hurts, you know, we can't just let go in our own strength. But here, hey, that's it. You're never going to be able to totally wipe it from your memory. Yeah. However, we can start to disempower it as we fix our eyes on the new promise, yeah. always yeah. embedded in the love of yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. which overcomes, can overcome anything. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, to me, even reading that was a great relief from an old mindset of, oh, I've got to forget these things, but I can't. You know, as I said, I can't forget the things I want to. I forget the things I don't want to. But that's God's promise there. You know, it's an action that we can deliberately take to start moving away and disempowering those things from the, from the past to stop us from walking into the new things of Christ for our future. Um, we say in that verse there, doing a new thing. You know, the new thing... We can have individual things that God wants to do in our lives which are part of his plan and purpose for us as individuals, part of a calling, you know, part of moving into the giftings and the fullness of what he's uniquely designed each and every one of us for. But it's all coming out of that one thing. God's love demonstrated through Christ Jesus. Now, if we get a new revelation of that, it changes our lives. Where's Jason? It's, um, it's the core of any moving forward in our lives is having that revelation that God loves us no matter what. We're not doing it on our own. We're not doing it in our own strength and knowing again and remembering that those new things are always good things. They're God's things the God who loves us, the God who knows us better than we know ourselves and the God who has given us his word, which is full of his promises that we can get out at different times. As I said, you know, we find those verses that will encourage us and motivate us and direct us back towards the fullness that God has for us at different times in our lives. They can change. You know, so we can live our lives as God intended. So... and. Quite often that, that new thing is going to be that final thing that's going to give us the freedom from the past, you know, as we let God do a new thing in our lives today. 
Everybody just want to um, just close your eyes for me. I just want to close off today and just give people some some words for thought. But you know, we've talked today. I've you know shared about God's love for us and about Jesus Christ and about moving into the new, about moving away from the old things, about letting go, about God's empowerment for us to forget and let go, to disempower hurts, disappointments of the past and to replace them with newness and fullness of God's life and hope for us and his promises. Um, The starting point for that, for every single person, is to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Saviour. That was the purpose of Jesus' work on the cross. That's why he came to earth. That's why God sent his only son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And for others... You know, we've live, live our lives for God, but there's still some of those things that we still want to get that power over to move forward, to move into the new things that God has for us. So we can live in the fullness of God and continue to grow. And we just sometimes what we need is a new revelation of that individual love of God for each one of us that can radically change our lives to move into the fullness of God's plan and purpose for us. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's Word. If you would like to know more about Tweed Coast Church, please visit tweedcoastchurch.com.au.